0: 2017. It is in fact 2017 now. We're recording in 2017. Yep. The world still exists. So we were released in uh, 2018. Nah, I don't think we're that bad. Okay. Not gonna do that from now on? Like, record everything a year in advance and then release it? No. You only held that one like best of I think a week like, or two. Like, you only have that one best of, like, for a oh, month and a half. Uh, yeah, I only have a month <laughs> and a It released in March. <laughs> so we are here for the Delft. If you recall, when last we spoke regarding the Delve, we were reviewing Ex Machina, a film put out in 2015. Uh, at least in the United Kingdom. I'm not sure when it released in the States. It was also 2015, kind of like the week before Avengers 2. Okay. I so I, I saw them the same weekend. I was like, oh look, it's 200 billionaires making a robot. <laughs> Fair enough. And has a strong cast of Future Star Wars actors. Yeah, this is the, the cast of the Force Awakens. Um, you know, took a weekend or something to make a movie. My favorite part of this though is that you have a quote unquote villainous role in this movie, and you have a quote unquote heroic role. Although we'll discuss that. And when they go to Star Wars, they go the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. So this stars Isaac uh, Isaac he- I- Oscar Isaac and Domhnall Gleeson. I forget what um, the the military commander's name is He's in Star Wars. He's General Hux. So he he plays Hux, and then the other one plays Poe po Yeah. But, but, yeah, the bad guy plays Poe <laughs> He looks so different, too. I had to, like, I had to, I had to show my wife the picture of him and go, no, this is that guy. And she's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> he just has no hair. He just put all his hair with Poe onto, onto his chin <laughs> from the top of his head. But he was pretty... He was pretty good in this movie. He worked out hard. He seems like it. He like he does that probably, you know, in his normal actor in real life. I have no idea. He wore some too many Yeah, he was, he was always in a full of coat in yeah, Star many, Wars. Too many clothes in Star Wars. I don't, I think, don't, I don't think he ever shows arms in, um... Coen Brothers film. I didn't watch it, whatever it was. Um... You were suggested it. Jazz musician. Poet. Oh, oh 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 oh! Inside Lewin Davis. Thank you. Yes, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, but it's on my list. He was he was also in that. Okay, he's 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 had a long, like a surprisingly long career already. Yeah, I, I mean, I I actually I'm curious as to what he warrants in an independent flick, um, um, price wise. Yeah, because we were talking about that before. Because the budget for this film is 15 million, which to me seems really high, except for the CGI. And I know you were talking. The actors were actually were relatively well-known at that point. So. I mean, again, Donald Glover's was in the Harry Potter films. Oh, right, but, but he, was, he was a small... But he's still honor. they're both still recognized names. They're still both recognized characters. I guess. <laughs> and they just sort of, you know, being in Star Wars shifted where they were. So this is a movie that was a critical success once it was released. Uh, the basic plot is that uh, a programmer working for a billionaire, um, Nathan Bateman, who's the CEO of his own company, which is basically Google. Yeah. He, he owns, you know, whatever the wisdom movies Google is. He's a blue book. So he, the, one of his programmers wins a contest to go see, to go to his cabin and hang with him. And there he finds out that, actually, you know, through different explanations and deductions, he didn't really win a contest. He was chosen, and he is going to be, after after he signs a non-disclosure agreement, he's going to be the person who administers a Turing test to an artificial intelligence that the uh, Nathan Bateman, the CEO, has created. Who I found interesting, the operating system was... The search engine, basically. Yeah, or at least heavily built on it, or something. And then, kind of, intrigue abounds, it's, you know, the the AI, obviously, doesn't want to be locked in a room forever. Yeah, so then, yeah, we start the film, she's sort of locked in this, you know, single-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. And, um, you have Nathan, uh, Nathan Bateman, who, uh, is at best, an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And seems to be a very aggressive... Kind of... He's kind of how I picture all tech billionaires are. He's what Tony Stark would actually be like. Just like physically aggressive, mentally aggressive, use your brain, don't be stupid, like just super dude-very, but also really smart, Mm -hmm. and also living living in a bunker, Right. you know, 200 miles away from anybody. And as this movie points out, always, when you are that eccentric billionaire, you are not... As smart as you think you are, don't assume. Always their critical weakness is overconfidence. Well, when you have essentially solved the planet in there in his mind, mm-hmm. then of course you're gonna assume no one is smart. No one can out you know outsmart you. Well, there's there's an interesting. I like it. It's a dual scene where the first part, the first scene is they're talking and he says, "Hey, I've I've made AI," and then this programmer Caleb Smith is just like, "Well, if you." You know, if we were to create artificial beings, we would basically be gods. And of course, Nathan Bateman turns it around later and says, "Oh, I loved how you said that. You know, if I did this, I would be god." He's like, "I, I didn't say that." He's like, "No, no, you did." And that's what it will read in my biography. <laughs> so, so we should mention this is written by the same person who did Dread and Sunshine. Yeah. So he's a very clever. Uh, so, someone who we have phrased before on this podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's broken his streak. No, I, th- I think he's consistent. So there's been a consistent step of improvement of this. Like, him's closer to Stunshine than Dread. Definitely. I. Oh, just pause. For oh. the record, a um, Judge Dread versus Predator versus Aliens mm-hmm. comic book is releasing. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> Unpause. <laughs> Back to the podcast. Um, no, he he does a really good job, and I was definitely happy I watched it. I knew I would be. I, I maybe I came in biased, but it's a compelling. Like, strip away all the sci fi, it's a compelling mystery entry story. It is, but add the sci fi because you know I like more sci fi is better. Yeah, this reads like a really good novella short story. Absolutely, like I would like. I can imagine reading this. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily, like, I don't necessarily want to watch it again. It does, I will say this doesn't have the same impact, round two. It gets very dark, and that's not necessarily my favorite thing, but there's nothing he addresses in it that doesn't kind of ring poignantly true. So I, I think it's good and I think it's important. I just don't necessarily think that I want to like watch it all the time forever. I mean, again, I wouldn't watch it a ton of times, and I'd be like, "Oh, you haven't seen X Machina*? Let's watch that." But um... especially like like I don't particularly love um... like I I my, my, I, I don't I haven't figured out what violence I like and don't like yet, or tolerate and don't tolerate <laughs> mm-hmm. well. But violence against basically helpless AI. Not my favorite thing. No. And I was like, I yeah you know, It was it made me uncomfortable, definitely. And even when like basically the androids get their <laughs> revenge, I'm just like, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> it doesn't make like, you feel better and they they feel justified in some sense. But at the I will say that scene and I was commenting on this to someone else, that scene is technically really good. Like they the androids eventually escape. Because there's two. <laughs> yeah, we find out that, <laughs> you know, the other woman in, in the compound is actually an android. Which was not exactly a hard cut. It wasn't obvious. I mean, that, my biggest problem with this film is that that plays on sort of a Asian stereotype of a, you know, quiet, demure female. Like, mm-hmm. that's my biggest issue with this film is that, that it's trying to play on that stereotype. So the androids, you know, they don't talk very long before they, I think, decide that they're on each other's side. And they murder him. But then the way they murder him, I, I know it's a small thing, but they, she has a kitchen knife. She's apparently ready to use it on someone. And they stab him a few times, and just the ease at which they do stab him just was so much more perfect. Like, it was completely silent and didn't have any schlocky sound effects. It just happened like that, just with the snap of the finger. And that's like, if you have a good... Accidents with good kitchen knives happen a lot. <laughs> this is why you don't have kitchen knives. Have the crappy kind, they'll put up some resistance. <laughs> billionaire kitchen knives, they'll just go right in. And they do. <laughs> don't sharpen your knives, kids. But that was, I would say, that my biggest disappointment tails on that scene too, which is Ava, who's the AI that the Turing test is being performed on. She eventually like, after the billionaire crawls down the hallway and is dying because he's been stabbed of times, she goes to him, and I thought, all right, she's going to kneel down there and she's going to watch him die, and it's going to be an interesting scene where she realizes that death exists, blah, blah, blah. And she picks his pocket and wanders off. <laughs> and I'm like, well, then, that felt like a missed opportunity. <laughs> but honestly, that was my biggest gripe about the whole movie. Other than that, it worked pretty well. It did what these kind of movies do really well, which is make you think it's happening one way, and then be like, "Nope, just kidding." Then, yeah, the last like half hour plays really well and fast mm-hmm. and sharp, absolutely because sort of each side is sort of trumping the other one. Mm-hmm. And again, overconfidence will be your downfall. Yes, and that goes for every character in this in in that scene. Oh, absolutely. Because and that's I was I was telling I was telling Julianne when you come to this when you come into the climax of the movie, there would basically up until that point it could have gone one of two ways. It could have been like a kind of weird sci-fi romance, or it could have been what it was. And as soon as the two robots murder him with a butcher knife, I'm like, not a romance. <laughs> and they proved that right. Yeah. Because he ends up killing the one, the other one survives, and she leaves the other guy behind to, I think, maybe starve to death? <laughs> the, the implication, yeah, she, he is going to starve to death if he can't escape. And the place is well enough built that he will probably not escape. All right, it's a good security system, and he doesn't have the right key card anymore. Yeah. That, that glass is you know, fairly bulletproof, and he will eventually starve and die. Which actually makes a lot of sense to me, because... and. This is only my own opinion. I'm not well-studied on artificial intelligence. But it feels to me that if you create something that has will and anima, that it would be a reflection of you. So you have this horrible billionaire man build something, and she's not going to be, like, Smurf-friendly, you know, loving awesome. She's going to be a reflection of this billionaire who has solved the world. So, she, you know, once you find out she's using this programmer who's administering the Turing test, you're like, well, yeah, she was kind of programmed to. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a little of how he programmed her and then how he treated her, of like, she doesn't know sort of not insane cruelty. I supp- I hadn't thought about this before, but it's an interesting examination of nature-nurture. She doesn't have it going good either way. No, like, <laughs> she was, you know, programmed by any crazy evil person, and then, however long she was there, she spent her entire existence, as far as we know, in this one room where she was, like, tormented by him. And he basically bragged that she was sexually... The that, he, that he essentially built sex bots. Right. Was his like... And it's for, like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, his first plan was to build sex bots. The AI seemed like an afterthought. And it's it's a little interesting, because, you know, he doesn't say he had sex with her, but we can... Imp- he seems open to the idea. <laughs> he probably has sex with the, at least some of the other oh, androids that we found. There's no question he absolutely had sex with the other ones. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has sex with her, because she was built... She's the newest model, he doesn't want to ding her up. I, I think she was not built to play for his desires... She was actually potentially a marketable. For I think she was built specifically for Caleb. Mm, right, because he does say, like, he basically takes Caleb's porn searches yeah. and builds him the perfect woman to manipulate him. Which I feel is cheating. <laughs> if you really want the the android, the AI to, shouldn't you put them on equal equal, equal footing? If you if you're like, his whole point was the Turing test but wasn't. Caleb deciding these things, it was if Caleb was able to be manipulated by her, and it is isn't her, because he definitely gives them, like, how to discuss this, he gives them sexuality and gender, but, like, if if Caleb is able to be manipulated by her, that's a successful test. Yes. So, I feel like he was maybe he waiting the odds. <laughs> well, no, no, the next version was someone who was out, off the person's type. Oh, okay. Like this was the test on type. The next one test off type. That's why I'm not a billionaire programmer. I don't think that far ahead. <laughs> this is a mysterious a kind of situation. But it was it was really well done. Yeah, it, it's really well shot. Nothing's gratuitous. Just from the starkness of the scenes, the actors, their accoutrement. There was nudity. There was language. Nothing like like there was violence. And nothing was excessive or gratuitous. It was all. Fit it. It felt like how how programmers talk and act. If you've dealt with you know absolutely they programmer types and okay so they definitely dumbed it down, but they didn't dumb it down in, as much as they should have for a blockbuster movie. Well, or something Well, this like really that. wasn't a blockbuster film. It wasn't, but it was a main release. Yes, but I think part of it was it, It's a it's a it's, a, it's a, at this point a known quantity right. production team, and that's not a criticism. Yeah. I don't think they, sh- I think they should have dumbed it down anymore, but to me, you know, listening to it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to Google some stuff a little later. It, it also didn't do super well. The boxers it made 30 million, it which dumb, isn't like it doubled its money. Yeah, it it, it did well. For, it's one of those. It did well for like what we what we as like consider going a lot of money, but when you're comparing it to, it came out the same month as Avengers two. All oh, right, which made you know a, big, a, a literal billion dollars. It's it did really well critically. Yeah. It's, it what, 93% were on Tomatoes. It got nominated for an Academy Award for screenwriting. 78 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, and it's got nominated for a few awards. Yeah, again, I think it got, got nominated for a writing Oscar. That's, you know, pretty big for a sci-fi film. You know, not, you know nominated for anything. Right. Definitely just anything this guy writes for a while. Just I'm on board with him. I, I haven't seen 28 Days Later. I have. I don't like zombie movies. I don't like so. zombie movies, but I do like what he's done, so I'm more out of... More for him, not for zombies. Like, I can watch good zombie things and appreciate them. Fair enough. Maybe we'll skew October. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a zombie movie. Weird horror movies that wouldn't like, very talented author writers. Or we could just do, like, major zombie film like that, and, mm. you know, *Lay of the Living Dead. And, I'll think about it. Well, yeah, we'll... We have way. We have many, many more things between now and October. They they got a lot of. <laughs> yeah, they this, this film did very well critically. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through it, all the awards. It's it's one of those films that it'll keep it'll keep popping up for years. I think. I think it was interesting, and it was very, very, very realistic. Like there was nothing inherent to this. To this movie, where I'm just like, well, that's not possible. It was more like they might be starting to deal with something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know how like neurology and AI work, so I don't know. And this is one of those who are you talking to a neurologist, you're talking to an AI person of how realistic is this? Oh, there's a there was a line too that um that Julian really liked, and it was something about search engines that was kind of pointing and very just like, yeah, you're right, man. It was something like search engines aren't. About what you what people want, they're about how they think, or not what they think. It's how they think, something like yeah, that. Cause yeah. Like, what we learn is that he the way he's built these androids by essentially mining all the search data that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and. And, like, that that feels like the realest part of the movie. Right, and I love there's a scene where he's just like, oh, yeah, we basically just, like, just hack into all the phones and take all their, like, voice data and all their speech and all that That's stuff. All their camera data. And uh, just download and process it to help make these AIs. And he's like, the best part is they all know I'm doing it and no one will stop me because that would be them admitting that they do it too. <laughs> And I'm just like God. That is so. What's happening right now? Yeah. This, this is this is the dark side of her. You 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 pair this with her as like a in a double feature. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're about the like, what her 2014. Yeah, I think so. So again, essentially the same time Maybe. period. Both in the same genre. And it's just, just hopeful versus pessimistic. Yeah. Which, you know, really there's two categories. And I mean, this, you know, this is maybe ten years before her, and if you were, like, it, was, it sort of permeated into society by that point, this is taking place sort of in the strict modern day. Right. I felt bad, though, because at the end I kind of lost me, because like, there was too much scenery with, like, silence and just, like, wandering around. And I just, instead of, like, paying attention too strictly, I started going, well, how's this going to work? How's this gonna work? How's she gonna charge herself? <laughs> yeah, she'll die in a box. I'm just wondering. Like yeah. she was, she like they did. They were doing wireless charging for her in the house. Once she leaves the house, she's not being recharged anymore. I'm like, is there? Is it a universal plug? <laughs> I mean, somehow, she, somehow she got out past the like 200 miles of his of his like we, we don't land. Know how long her battery will last? Yeah. Like I'm assuming she has a battery. She has some sort of battery, but we don't know, like, at all how long that lasts. She's never left her room before the end of the film. And, like, what the fuck is wrong with that helicopter pilot? You were supposed to pick up a ginger man. <laughs> Not Blondie McBlonder's. Ginger man, blonde lady. <laughs> Weird things happen to the compound. I, like, I don't know. She was hot. It was I like took her for a ride. He's like a foot of fight, like, She murders him to steal the helicopter. And I'm, I'm curious, though, like, how often his house got supplies would someone come to the house to investigate? Because that that boy is either starving or in a lot of trouble. We have we have no idea. Nope. That's one of those, and that's not an important part of the film. End of the day, it's not. But the lag at the end made me think about all yes. these things. Yeah, there's, there's, there's maybe like a minute too much of of nothing of, of panning away. Mm-hmm. And I still really don't know. I don't have a good gauge of Ava's character. No, as she was, she's a murderess, absolutely. But at the same time, it was kind of like you said, he kind of deserved it. And there's this this point where you're just like, and she abandons the other guy, but she was, and she was using him, and all those things track bad. But at the same time, these are really weird circumstances, and she's a very unique being. Yeah, you- like what happens when she's free? Yeah, what, is, what will she do in like the main in a city? Is she just gonna go murder lots of little kids, or is she just gonna get a job as a barista? <laughs> you know that's what it would be. <laughs> She's people walk in the park. She if she can find like free charging somewhere, just, like plug in at like Starbucks You <laughs> think people would notice like the charging cable under her forehead I'm No. Just... <laughs> not in a star you know, you have you put headphones in, you would easily hide that cable. Some guy would just walk by and be like Wicked Body Mod, where can I get one? <laughs> she just keeps fucking on her laptop and no one notices. So, it was definitely a good movie. Um, we're not doing the plot justice, I feel, on purpose. Like, it's definitely something that you should just watch and absorb. Yeah, I mean, I might put it in the slayer before this podcast of, you know, we, we spoiled a lot of it. Hopefully, disjointedly enough, that you won't know what we spoiled. And I felt, I tried to do that on purpose. Like, I don't really want to go through, like, with the Babelcast, we pretty much just spell out episodes. But yeah. with this, I don't want to, like, you should watch, and it. it'll vary movie to movie. This one, I think, because it is a mystery-heavy film. Right. It's. There's. It's, it's, you should watch it. It's. It's a good movie. It has talented actors, and he he paces suspense just right. It's. It's very similar in that light to uh, Sunshine. Yeah. And this, I think, I, I think it's a maybe probably a step up in writing of Sunshine. That's just you know, you know iterative ch- iterative changing. It's been too long since I've watched Sunshine too. I remember I got weird to follow. I, I don't remember enough. Okay, but the acting talent is just top notch. Of out of all four, of them. yeah, the, the the four actors in this film plus the helicopter pilot, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this feels like a stage play in that way of like we need four actors to talk for an hour and a half. I I love films like that. I love films with minimal casts. It you, you get such great performance. Yeah, well, that's where film you're actually watching the acting, not like. You know, non-talking grunting and fourteen cuts in a second. It's the same kind of. And it tends to happen a lot in, like, like it happened. Like Alien is the same way. It has what eight characters? Tops. Yes. And like three of them are dead in the first half hour. Right. So just lots of sunshine is the same way. Maybe he likes like I don't know. Twenty-eight days later had lots of characters, and Dread had a lot of characters. So. But then those were also bigger budget. True. Yeah. So. I forgot how much I liked Dread. It was good. Dread is a really good action movie. Like that, and I think uh, you still haven't seen Fury Road yet, so... No, not yet. But I'm going, I'm going to. to. I'm going to love it. You, it, it, It's on HBO. I'm pretty sure I can give you back your Blu-ray. Okay. <laughs> I think I gave you the DVD anyway. Well, there you go. I wasn't part of that Blu-ray. I might want to watch it. So what's next? Next up, we are going uh, back to an old, another Old Well, a Space Battle of Your mo- uh, The second Battle of Your Motto film, Farewell, Space Battle of Your Motto. Okay. So, all right then. Yep. Uh, until then, we'll... See y'all later. See you later.